there, and unfortunately that's going to be the time, all the time we have. But, you know, I haven't seen Houston put a game together. I've seen James Harden literally stand in one place and play no defense at all. So I, I don't really trust Houston. But great discussion on the NBA today, guys. For Leo Blavin and Morris Fabry, my name's Andrew Shapiro. You've been listening to the Daily Sports Report on 88.3 WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Have a good weekend, everyone. We'll leave you with a good night and a go blue. WCBN presents Planet D. Nanette, celebrating Sun Ra's 100th birthday. In honor of jazz legend Sun Ra's birthday and jazz appreciation month, WCBN presents an evening of space jazz featuring award-winning Detroit musicians Planet D. Nanette. The band features players from such venerated groups as the Sun Messengers, Bonton Roulet, and Johnny Bassett and the Blues Insurgents, as well as talented young veterans. Join us on Friday, April 4th, 7 p.m. at the University of Michigan Museum of Art in Ann Arbor. This event is co-sponsored by UMMA and the Southeast Michigan Jazz Association. Insert Pandora's Lunchbox theme here. I hope nobody notices that I forgot to bring the theme. Hi, this is Mike. It's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. It's a show about food and culture every Thursday at 6.30, and that means it must be spring, technically without the actual spring uh, characteristics. That's what we're having this evening. It's wonderful. Well, as you've just heard, the Planet D. Nanette is going to present a Sun Ra 100th birthday concert tomorrow at UMA, University of Michigan Museum of Art, at 7. This show being about food and culture, that's food for thought for sure. But also you can do something else too even tomorrow evening also in Ann Arbor. Full Moon is happening around the same time. It actually starts at 6 p.m. and ends around midnight. So you could go to Full Moon, go to the Planet D. Nanette show and go back to Full Moon afterwards and it'll be very foolish. What is Full Moon? It is a part of Festivals. And what is Festivals all about? Well, it happens every year. First of all, Full Moon is the event that's tomorrow. It features enormous processions of community, handmade, illuminated sculptures carried by dancing teams of merrymakers as they thread their way downtown to Washington and Ashley Streets in the heart of Ann Arbor. Pageant participants and revelers alike will enjoy delicious candlelit treats, presumably They'll be set on fire, I'm not sure, and craft-brewed spirits. Roving, shimmering shadow puppet performances, building-sized experimental film, and many more luminary surprises. That's Fool Moon, and the theme this year is Fooled, which is F-O-O-L in brackets, D, so perhaps a foolish food thing. It's a food show, it's a foolish food thing tomorrow, it's all very exciting. Full Moon, however, notes that anyone wielding a rubber chicken will be summarily escorted from the event. That Take that as your warning. So, tomorrow, Planet D. Nanette at UMA at 7. Full Moon tomorrow from 6 p.m. through midnight on the corner of Washington, at, at, the, at Washington Street near Ashley in downtown Ann Arbor. So, so much going on, so much to talk about. We need to talk about new pickles. That's very important. New moons, perhaps, under new pickles. 
cooling off pickles under the stars on a stick? Well, there's so many things that can be done and can be said. But first of all, speaking of pickles and things that aren't really what they seem to be, here is Mary Kay Place in the role of Loretta Haggard doing a song called Baby Boy, which has a pickle theme to it, which I will explain in just a moment. I used to watch Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman when I was a kid. That was uh, back in 76 or so. I was about 11, so I didn't understand a single word of it, except for the part where they said, Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. I knew what that meant. But here's Mary Kay Place from that show in the role of Loretta Haggers. Thank you, Mary Kay Place, as Loretta Haggers. We enjoy that as listeners. That was Baby Boy about her fella Charlie, another character on the old show Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman from the 70s. His, her pickle, that's who she was. Now, why are we talking about pickles on Pandora's Lunchbox? Pandora's Lunchbox picked a piece of pickle 
paraphernalia. And the thing is that we know that also starting with P is president. As you probably heard, President Obama came to Ann Arbor yesterday to talk about raising the minimum wage for restaurant workers and such. Came to Zingerman's Deli and made a point of mentioning that that's an issue that's important to them. And so he discussed that. Now, I happen to have the pool reports, the the pool reports from what happened as the president went to Zingerman's Deli. And uh, this is report number three, referring to POTUS, which is the secret code for president of the United States. Oh, man, it's not secret anymore. Oh, well. POTUS and motorcade stopped at Zingerman's Deli in Ann Arbor just before 1.30 p.m. With his suit cast off, cast off perhaps, with a suit cast off, and U.S. Representative Gary Peters by his side, the president ordered a Reuben sandwich. I'm going to take a Reuben. The president's buying, said Peters, D. Bloomfield Township. Okay, there you go. Now, report number five. Your pooler got more detail about which pickle POTUS ordered with his classic Reuben at Zingerman's Deli in Ann Arbor. It was initially unclear which pickle the president ordered, but he ruled out the garlic pickle because he has to go to Chicago later today for a fundraiser. Andrea Bile, 22, the University of Michigan graduate who took Obama's order, said afterwards that he ordered Zingerman's new pickle. The more crunchy one, Bile told a reporter as the pool was being shuffled out of the restaurant while POTUS and Representative Gary Peters ate their sandwiches and talked with minimum wage workers. Earlier, while the president was placing his order with iced tea, Peters joked that the president is buying when he ordered the same thing POTUS did. POTUS replied that Peters was a, quote, cheap date, unquote. A Reuben and an iced tea. I hadn't thought of that combination. So in summary, people's POTUS picked a piece of pristine pickle. A new one. So I got that. Now, what exactly is a new pickle? I have to say I hadn't actually heard of new pickle as a thing before. I mean, I know it's a noun, but I mean, an actual thing. I have a friend of a friend who went to a certain diner in Ann Arbor a while ago and asked for a new pickle, and the response was quite indignant. It was, in fact, all of our pickles are new. And there was a fence all around, I think. But what is a new pickle? Actually, if you go to a website called Brooklyn Brainery, not Brinery, but Brooklyn Brainery. There's a post called Let's Make New Pickles, posted by Jen on August 9th, 2012. What exactly is a new pickle? She says it's the laziest kind of pickle, and she's a lazy cook, so there you go. A new pickle she describes as a lovely, salty, crunchy, tangy pickle that's not too sour and not too sweet. I'm not going to go into the whole recipe here, but I will talk a little more about what she has to say here. Before we start cooking, she says... Let's break pickles down into two camps, fermented and two unfermented, directly acidified. She calls it acidified in the next sentence, but this is a family show, so I won't repeat that. With new pickles, she says, you stop at the first step, the salt water brine. They need little labor, no vinegar or sugar, and no hot water bath. Amazing, she says. You don't even let them sit on the counter to begin fermenting. They go directly into the fridge, which is great if you're worried about spoilage. The one downside, you can't keep them forever, and they've got to stay in the fridge, so you probably can't make 17 gallons at a time, but hey, can't win them all. New pickles, she says, have been described as hardly dunked in brine, which gives you a pretty good idea of how they taste. All you really need, she says, is salt water and some cucumbers mixed with spices. Then she goes on to describe how to make new pickles. So new pickles are a thing, and now you know. And so does POTUS. So does POTUS notice. So this is Pandora's Lunchbox, and we're playing some songs about pickles. We're talking about some other stuff coming up, including the great spring spaghetti harvest, because that's a very important thing that happens every year. 
We're going to listen to a little bit on that. But first, another Pickle song. This is Ella Jenkins from the album Songs Children Love to Sing. Everybody sing. This is Little Charlie Just Off the Pickle Boat. But was it a new pickle? They don't say, so that remains a mystery. That's 
Little Charlie just off the pickle boat. He was new, but was his pickle new? That's an important question that I don't have time to answer because it's quarter to seven. Arbolf and Face the Music starting at seven o'clock. We are smelling up the neighborhood just like a billy goat here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor and WCBN.org. This is a show about food and culture. Speaking of culture, what's more culture than the BBC? On April 1st, 1957, they broadcast this report. You can actually hear it on the YouTube. You can actually see it on the YouTubes, but I'm going to play it for you so you can hear it. It's, it's food. It's cultural. They truly broadcast this on April 1st, 1957, on the show called Panorama. Ready? It isn't only in Britain that spring this year has taken everyone by surprise. Here, in the Ticino, on the borders of Switzerland and Italy, the slopes overlooking Lake Lugano have already burst into flower, at least a fortnight earlier than usual. But what, you may ask, has the early and welcome arrival of bees and blossom to do with food? Well, it's simply that the past winter, one of the mildest in living memory, has had its effect in other ways as well. Most important of all, it's resulted in an exceptionally heavy spaghetti crop. The last two weeks of March are an anxious time for the spaghetti farmer. There's always the chance of a late frost, which, while not entirely ruining the crop, generally impairs the flavor and makes it difficult for him to obtain top prices in world markets. But now these dangers are over and the spaghetti harvest goes forward. Spaghetti cultivation here in Switzerland is not, of course, carried out on anything like the tremendous scale of the Italian industry. Many of you, I'm sure, will have seen pictures of the vast spaghetti plantations in the Po Valley. For the Swiss, however, it tends to be more of a family affair. Another reason why this may be a bumper year lies in the virtual disappearance of the spaghetti weevil, the tiny creature whose depredations have caused much concern in the past. After picking, the spaghetti is laid out to dry in the warm alpine sun. Many people are often puzzled by the fact that spaghetti is produced at such uniform length. But this is the result of many years of patient endeavor by plant breeders who've succeeded in producing the perfect spaghetti. And now the harvest is marked by a traditional meal. Toasts to the new crop are drunk in these boccalinos. And then the waiters enter bearing the ceremonial dish. And it is, of course, spaghetti. Picked earlier in the day, dried in the sun, and so brought fresh from garden to table at the very peak of condition. For those who love this dish, there's nothing like real homegrown spaghetti. Yes. The Spaghetti Harvest, broadcast on the BBC Panorama program on April 1st. Funny that date, April 1st, 1957. And it got a very nice response. As a matter of fact, a lot of people called in to find out how they could grow their own spaghetti. And um, the BBC had a very diplomatic response to that. The BBC, in fact, said to them the following, Place a sprig of spaghetti in a tin of tomato sauce and hope for the best. It's a beautiful thing. I know it's a little late for for April Fool's Day, but never, really. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food. And speaking possibly of um, things that shouldn't be real but really are real and really happened, this headline, Woman sued for $2 million after boyfriend torches squirrel on apartment deck starts massive fire. 
Okay, this is in Holland Township. A woman who signed an apartment lease with her boyfriend and allegedly agreed to be liable for any smoke or water damage faces a $2 million lawsuit when he attempted to cook a squirrel. Uh, The blaze started after he'd been using a torch on the deck of a unit he shared with a particular woman here to burn the fur off a squirrel he'd captured. Once the fur was removed, he placed the torch in the corner of their deck next to a plastic plant holder. He then went inside to cook the rodent. Pello awoke to the sound of yelling and throwing water on flames that were quickly growing on the deck. The fire spread and caused major damage to 32 units in the couple's building. The woman told police she had no knowledge of the torch being used. So, advice, don't do it. Just put a sprig of spaghetti in a tin with some tomato juice or and hope for the best that's a lot more safe we're here about uh helping you live a safe life here on pandora's lunchbox speaking of growing things this actual report from michigan state university uh attracting wild bees to farms is a good insurance policy they say you msu research says investing in habitat that attracts and supports wild bees in farms is not only an effective approach to helping pollinate crops but it could also pay for itself in four years or less As part of the study, there were marginal lands surrounding productive blueberry fields. They were planted with a mix of 15 native perennial wildflowers. The fields were pollinated by honeybees. But two of the researchers were interested in whether increasing the wild bee population would improve pollination in nearby crop fields. The results were not immediate, so it sounds like landowners would need to be patient. In the first two years as the plantings established, we found little to no increase in the number of wild bees, said the researcher. After that, though, the number of wild bees was twice as high as those found in our control fields that had no habitat improvements. Once the wild bees were more abundant, more flowers turned into blueberries, and the blueberries that that they had had more seeds and were larger. Based on the results, a two-acre field planted with wildflowers adjacent to a 10-acre field of blueberries boosted yields by 10 to 20 percent, and that translated into more revenue for the field. Also says here, there are 420 species of wild bees in Michigan alone. Hooray for the wild bees. Also safer than setting squirrels on fire on a deck. I wonder what uh, if there's anything we can do to revive the squirrel. Maybe we can uh, ask uh, Ray Stevens uh, whether a squirrel revival would be appropriate. Ray? Well, when I was a kid, I'd take a trip every summer down to Mississippi to visit my granny and her antebellum world. I'd run barefooted all day long Climbing trees, free as a song And one day I happened to catch myself a squirrel Well, I stuffed him down in an old shoebox And punched a couple holes in the top When Sunday came, I snuck him into church I was sitting way back in the very last pew Showing him to my good buddy Hugh When that squirrel got loose and went totally berserk well, what happened next is hard to tell Some thought it was heaven, others thought it was hell But the fact that something was among us was plain to see As the choir sang, I surrender all The squirrel run up Harv Newland's coveralls And Harv leaped to his feet and said, Something's got a hold on me, yow! The day the squirrel went berserk In the first self-righteous church In that sleepy little town of Pascagoula It was a fight for survival that broke out in revival They were jumping pews and shouting hallelujah 
hallelujah. hallelujah. Well, Harv hit the aisles dancing and screaming. Some thought he had religion, others thought he had a demon. And Harv thought he had a weed eater loose in his fruit and looms. He fell to his knees to plead and beg, and the squirrel ran out of his breeches leg, unobserved to the other side of the room. All the way down to the Amen pew Where sat Sister Bertha better than you Who'd been watching all the commotion with sadistic glee But she, you should have seen the look in her eyes When that squirrel jumped her garters and crossed her thighs And she jumped to her feet and said Lord, have mercy on me As the squirrel made laps inside her dress She began to cry and then to confess to sins That would make a sailor blush with shame she told of gossip and church dissension But the thing that got the most attention Was when she talked about her love life And then she started naming names The day the squirrel went berserk In the first self-righteous church In that sleepy little town of Pascagoula It was a fight for survival That broke out in revival They were jumping pews and shouting Hallelujah! Well, seven deacons and the pastor got saved And $25,000 got raised And 50 volunteered for missions in the Congo on the spot And even without an invitation There were at least 500 rededications And we all got rebaptized, whether we needed it or not Now you've heard the Bible story, I guess How he parted the waters for Moses to pass All oh, the miracles God has wrought in this old world but the one I'll remember till my dying day is how he put that church back on the narrow way with a half-crazed Mississippi squirrel. The day the squirrel went berserk in the first self-righteous church in that sleepy little town of Pascagoula. It was a fight for survival that broke out in revival. They were jumping pews and shouting hallelujah. The day the squirrel went berserk in the first self-righteous Uh, that sleepy little town of Pascagoula, I tell you, that was Ray Stevens and Mississippi Squirrel Revival running out of time as the squirrel runs up and down our britches. This is WCBN. Are we facing the music in just a moment? But just before we go, I want you to know this, this news from Sicily. Italian police say a Paul Gauguin, still life, was stolen from a private collection in Britain in 1970 and had hung in, in a Sicilian autoworker's kitchen for 40 years and has now been recovered by authorities. A spokesman from a paramilitary art theft squad, we don't have enough of those in Ann Arbor, do we, said the man claimed he displayed it on his kitchen wall, first in Turin when he worked for Fiat, then in Sicily because the painting depicted two bowls of fruit and it seemed a suitable backdrop to his dinner table. The man brought the painting, along with one of lesser value by Pierre Bonnard, at a 1975 Italian state railway auction of unclaimed lost items for the equivalent of about $100. The auctioneers purportedly didn't know they were stolen. Ah, a recovered gonguin. Delicious. And just a quick note again, now one more thing. A family dispute between a prominent conservative activist in St. Louis and her beer-making nephew is headed to federal trademark court. Phyllis Schlafly opposes her nephew Tom's efforts to trademark the name Schlafly. The St. Louis Brewery was co-founded by Tom Schlafly and has produced beer under that name since 1991. So there's a fight for you. Need a revival for that. Well, thanks for listening. I've been Mike for a while.
This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor, also WCBN.org. Keep on listening. Don't stop doing that. And let's go out with another pickle song, shall we? Sounds good. Doc Watson and the Dill Pickle Rag getting us ready for 7 o'clock. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor. does feel pretty good. Thanks, Mike. It's just about 7 o'clock. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor. My name is R. Wolf, and it's time for Face the Music. I should probably give you a public health award and a user warning. I'm here for two hours tonight, filling in for Vicki and Father of Funk. So this first hour... Face the Music, initiating a, um, a series of programs which we're identifying as having questionable content. Every title is a question. So these vintage recordings all asking you question after question after question with their titles and sometimes with the lyrics. In fact, a lot of the time with the lyrics. And then from 8 to 9, I think I'm just going to blow everything to smithereens and do some wild and reckless freeform radio for you. Let's begin with Fats Waller and his rhythm. This was recorded in 1937. It's time to face the music. Feel alive, feel like going. Say, what's your job, baby? Hop, baby. Huh? You in a trance? 
Sam a killer dealer with nothing on my mind When they start to playin' sweet songs Leaves me on the rocks When they start to playin' swing songs Art beats me to my socks Hiya, baby How's about a little dance? Huh? 